Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host Sean Siriani, and we got a great episode coming your way. Today's guest is Rossif Sutherland, son of Donald Sutherland, half-brother of Kiefer Sutherland, grew up in a legendary family of actors, and he shares with us that that is something that he didn't gravitate to till later in life. We talk a lot about his other passion, making music, and the reason why he's coming to speak to me today. He's got a film playing at Cineplex August 31st. It's called Trench 11. I got an early peek at it, and oh my god. This movie is a wild ride, and what sums it up is it's pretty much a horror movie and a World War II drama going on at the same time. Very intriguing and absolutely disgusting, and I love it. <laughs> Shoutouts to Raven Banner for always producing wild shit like Trench 11, and we had some stuff featured under their umbrella, also on some past episodes on the show. For example, episode 34, we had Todd in the Book of Evil, and I just want to say anytime Raven Banner throws me something. I think I'm definitely going to cover it. If you've been listening to this show, <laughs> uh, you know I like to talk about a lot of crazy shit. And that is exactly what they produce over there. <laughs> and anywho, just a reminder, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, I want to let you know that every episode has its own page at our home base, www.girthradio.com. On this page, you'll be able to see the Trench 11 trailer. You'll see me and uh, Rossif outside of the studio. And I'm saying outside the studio because this is another thing. <laughs> um, we had to change the time and do this one a little earlier. And uh, as I went to the Girth Radio Studios, somebody else was recording in there and uh, they couldn't switch with me. So we did this just, just on the other side of the glass, still in the Pacific Junction Hotel, our sponsor. If this is your first time listening to this show, um, this, to let you know, the studio is set up basically inside of a bar. And uh, while you're in the bar, you can see the booth. You can see the glass people recording in there. And um, yes, so it is a bar. They graciously turned down the music for me and Rossif. But uh, you still might hear a little slight reggae going on in the background, just kind of bleeding in the audio. And I hope you don't mind that. I know it's not perfect, but I kind of like it. Just kind of give it a different atmosphere. Why not? All right? And anywho, we're going to get right into this one. Rossif Sutherland, Trench 11, coming at you right now. <laughs> Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio. You've been doing this at 7 a.m. today, right? Or yeah, 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 it was an early start, yeah. Um, I got out of the house before my wife and my son were awake, which yeah. is a feat, yeah. So do you live in Toronto as well? Um, yeah, I have a home here in Toronto. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. And usually, like, around films, you do these marathons of media stuff? or 
Um, marathon uh, yeah yeah I guess yeah. Yeah, I mean you know it, it's generally like this you know you got you, you have a day that's full of interviews back to back and and we try and promote the film as, as much as we can and yeah, yeah yeah by the end of the day do you ever uh, feel exhausted from like saying the same thing over yeah, and over again? oftentimes yeah you you sort of um, you know, you start to lose your head but yeah but yeah you try and uh, you try and stay on the ball because ultimately you're serving a, an important purpose, which is to to get a film that you know so many people were involved in seeing. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, although, you know, I've been mean, speaking to you is lovely, mm-hmm. but doing publicity is not necessarily the thing I'm most comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really one to sell myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which uh, you know, which uh, which is something that I've suffered from certainly when I was in Los Angeles, living there for for a while. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was quite different from the other actors that I hung out with just because I, I just I didn't know how to put myself forward. Yeah, that's interesting. But, uh, but it's an important thing to do, you know, and and um, and ultimately that's the reason why we do these films, so that they are seen, and so for them to be seen, they they have to be heard of. So. Yeah, definitely. I got a similar personality than you two because, like, uh, from doing the show as well. Like, I'm all about like being the interviewer and getting right, other right. people's stories but now that it's starting to get a little bit of buzz people are asking me to go on their show sure. and now I'm getting like all uncomfortable it's like oh I don't know how to like talk about myself right but right I don't know the more we do it the better we get yeah, yeah, yeah. you think of the bigger picture and you can yeah. just push forward and yeah and yeah you obviously grew up with being in the industry and was acting like something you gravitated towards at a young age, or did it come later? No, no, it was um, it was something I was I was curious about. You, sure, I mean, I had, but it's, it's never something I, I thought I would end up doing in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, my father's an actor. My brother's an actor. Mm-hmm. Famous actors. My too. yeah. My uh, my mother was a was a famous actress in France. Um, she stopped working when my oldest brother was born. Um, and uh, so I've, I've been I've been around it all my life, but it was it was never something I really wanted to do because I it just didn't didn't make all that much sense to me. I okay, yeah. I figured uh, why spend your life pretending to be other people? Mm, yeah. And um, but um, I did a, I did a film when I was in college. It wasn't my film. It was a French film. It was a senior thesis. Um, she was going to direct it, produce it. She had written it. Um, she was going to pretty much have her hands in everything. But when uh, when it was getting close to shooting time, she realized that you know her thesis was going to be all over the place. So she had to kind of focus her efforts, and she decided she was just going to be the writer and the producer. And so she needed somebody to fill her shoes as director. And and she came. She came to me. We we were friends, and I guess I guess my last name really played a big part in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, One yeah. One of the few times that I got a job because of my name. Yeah, legendary name. <laughs> yeah, but she thought because I was a Sutherland that I I would know I would be qualified. I would I would know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to tell her that you know I, she was wrong <laughs> because I, I knew that it was an opportunity that I'd probably never get again in my life. Yeah, so you're just so I'm, trying to seize the opportunity. Yeah, I jumped on board, and on my first day of shooting, my lead actor didn't show up. So I, I fit in his clothes. I knew the part. I wasn't an actor, but I, I found myself with all this crew just kind of rolling their thumbs, waiting around for you know for 
somebody to take decisive action. Yeah. And so I, after about three hours of us waiting around, I, I said, oh, screw this. I'm, I'm just going to have to do it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, did, were you nervous going into it? Like, no, I mean, no. I, I was. It was. I. It was really. Uh, it was really just a means to an end. I was. Um, I was acting for very practical reasons, which was just we needed to, to get this done, and yeah, I needed yeah. to get it done for my friend and mm-hmm. and for the sake of all these people that were, you know, there wanting to work, and there were other actors there, that, you know. So I, I, um, I did it, and. Uh, and I showed it to my dad, and and my dad, very lovingly, with tears in his eyes, said, "Kid, that's what you're supposed to do." Oh, that's amazing. And my uh, my dad was, my dad was not one to, kind of encourage us to, to be actors. Certainly at a at a younger age. Yeah, he was probably like, "Oh, if they find it themselves, that's cool." Sure. But yeah, yeah. But he wasn't one to, you know, because I remember when I was a, a kid. Um, my brother Kiefer, they needed somebody to play his younger brother, and he'd call my parents. I think I was like 12 years old, and it was a nice chunk of money. I mean, it would have, it would have gotten me some really nice little toys, man. Yeah, it would have uh, been like the next Macaulay Culkin indeed, or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, my parents said no, 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 and um, and they, I think they were right. Yeah. Um, although, who knows really? Who knows what that experience would have done for me? But it was. Um, it was with my father's encouragement, and um, and I didn't have any money, but he would he'd sponsor me to take classes, acting classes, while I was doing my music. Cool. I was just fresh out of school, and um, and I got to be around actors, meet actors, work with actors. And I thought they were a compelling bunch, but still, I didn't recognize myself in them. I I didn't think I was I was one of them. Yeah, yeah. But uh, right when I was ready to give up my uh, my father said just give me give me one last chance I want you to meet with this this acting coach his name was Harold Guskin he, he passed away just a couple months ago oh, rest in peace yeah um, and uh, he became very much of a father figure for me I would visit him a few times a week and and uh, we'd mostly talk about life you know he was oh, more wow. of a shrink than a than <laughs> oh man coach. yeah and condolences he, to you too yeah yeah man. recently he uh, he would start his class when the doorbell would ring, and it was the the next student that was taking off his shoes and hanging his coat, because he was the next uh, next and having uh, you know being taught what what it is to be an actor. And that's when he realized, oh shit, man, I I gotta I gotta teach you something. <laughs> you so he hand me the paper, and it was really just about taking words off the page, just reading something, looking up finding, you know, wait till you have a reason to say it, and then say it. Mm-hmm. And it was a fascinating exercise for me, because as a, as a, as a singer, as a musician, I, I, uh, I refused, um, I, it was mostly a party trick, I guess, but yeah, I started singing off of a dare. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, yeah. There were a few very beautiful girls around, and my, one of my friends said, Ross, if I only sing, I was writing a lot of short stories at the time, and so I just sang one of my stories. Oh, cool, it wasn't, cool. It wasn't word for word, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't remember. Just kind of acapella, no music. Just. No, he was playing the guitar, and I just, I just went off. Okay, and, cool, cool. And it was really, it was one of those moments, like looking at yourself in the mirror and and not recognizing the person that you're seeing, but also knowing that this is who you really are. Yeah, there's just something you unlocked yeah, within yeah. you that you 
might have not known was there. But so I would, I would never, I would never write anything down because I, I wanted everything to be in the moment, you know. Um, but acting and certainly that thing of taking it off the page taught me that you can write something down, and every time you say it, it'll be different. So that was really fascinating to me. That that kept me that kept me in his class for a while, up until the point that he. He asked me, he said, you know, is this what you want to do? And I said, you know, I'm still not convinced. I, I don't think this is for me. And mm-hmm. he asked me why, and I, I said, well, I don't want to pretend to be other people for the rest of my life. Yeah, and, and were you he, still, like, kind of, like, focusing on, like, maybe music as well? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was going to be my thing. And mm-hmm. I was short stories and, and scripts, and that was my focus. But he, uh, he spinned the sentence around, and he said... Uh, he said that acting was not about pretending, pretending to be other people, but acting was permission, allowance to be all the people that you could have been. Oh wow! It's just a turn of a phrase, but it just clarified everything for me. Yeah, yeah, and it just it changes the whole perspective, the perspective of it. Yeah, that, yeah. That it's always you. You don't leave yourself at the door. It's always your heart, always your soul. You know, you always bring so much of yourself to every single part that you play. Obviously. You know, you change your background, you change your history, you change who your parents were, who your friends are, what your hobbies are, mm-hmm. where where you grew up, you know. And yeah, yeah. But the rest of it you don't deny. And so once he put it in those words, it, it actually became really exciting to me. And so the journey began of trying to find work, and, and it's been a very challenging one at times, you know, ups yeah, and yeah. downs. But I, I really, uh, I just, uh, I love the craft, I, I love working with crews, I I um I just love the whole the whole journey the whole experience of of making a film. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. And yeah, yeah. And you mentioned just get, getting permission to be these other roles, and yeah. in your newest role, uh, Trench Eleven, you are a tunneler in World Indeed, War Two. Indeed, a Canadian tunneler. Yeah, I loved how the Canada was repped so hard in that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. usually I see old war movies. It's like America versus the Nazis, and then just. Near the beginning, uh, they just mentioned, "Oh, the Canadian." I was just like, "Yeah, let's go, let's go, <laughs> yeah, good yeah. hero." But that's yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I play a Canadian tunneler who um, who worked in mines in Canada, um, and um, he was sent over um, to serve, and because of his expertise. This was an aspect of the war that I was not privy to in, in high school. Yeah, which yeah. was that they would dig so deep underground, you know, across the the front line where both armies were mm-hmm. at a standstill and and fighting from trenches that they would dig deep underground to try and um, place explosives and. Yeah, it was it was really cool because I didn't know that either. Yeah. Like I always hear about like the trench warfare, but I see like little pictures of like ditches right. and video games. It's just yeah, yeah, like yeah. Call of Duty. There's a little ditch, but it's like right, video you games. guys like in the movie and apparently in history as well. Like yeah. they dig like super yeah, deep like tunnels and bombs everywhere. And yeah. yeah, it was an interesting uh, yeah, perspective. Yeah. On it was that. a very solitary existence. You know, there was a, always a very small crew and sometimes working alone. Um, just digging these trenches in the hopes that the enemy, who was most likely doing the same thing, that these tunnels would not meet and you'd find yourself face to face. Yeah, in close corners. Yeah, and yeah. Like that's gotta be scary. So he throws a grenade and like. So that alone, you know, spells claustrophobia and and was was a really interesting environment in which to to tell the story of, about survival 
Um, and so these um, these writers, Matt Bowie and Leo Sherman, Leo Sherman was also the director. They're history buffs, and and they wanted to to expose this this part of the war in a film, and they yeah. they thought, why not use the you know the the vehicle of genre to actually hopefully get people to to see it. Yeah, and what I thought was awesome too is I saw originally before I watched the screener, I saw the trailer, and I'm like, oh, it's just going to be a cool like zombie movie. But I wasn't uh, expecting all of the like layers of the history and everything going on. It's almost like um, with the trailer having like a lot of action too. Yeah. Like people may not understand that there's a quality like just World War II drama within this film as yeah, well yeah. with all the characters and everything and yeah it's super cool and like uh, the effects were like so grotesque was there were they using a lot you, of like practical you say that stuff with a huge smile you, on you oh yeah I, I, I have a pretty fucked up show <laughs> we get a lot of these uh, Raven Banner people over here too so yeah but uh, uh, yeah yeah no we didn't have money for special effects so we uh, we had the privilege of working and I'm, uh, I'm sure I don't know his name because he was uh, he was a workhorse and such a talented makeup artist but it was it was all just uh it was physical effects, you know, and yeah, yeah. So the worms coming out of people's eyes, all that <laughs> stuff. That, that was that was, you know, I mean, as real as you can make it. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I was just cringing so much during the movie, and like I noticed, like the practical effects, like made get me even more than when you watch like a movie. CGI, it's overly yeah. CGI. You can tell where this one. It yeah, just, how, however, like however good the CGI is, it's just I, I guess it's I guess it has to do with uh, with light, you know that. Uh, things things just don't seem to actually kind of fit within the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they pull off such extraordinary things. Now I don't I don't want to belittle what they do. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, sure. This this was more of the uh, the old style of filmmaking, and and sometimes because you have no money, you have to use your creativity, and you know you have to you have to push it within the boundaries that you set, uh, the financial boundaries, and. And also just the time boundaries and yeah yeah and so um, so it, it became a really interesting exercise yeah in that, trying to make this work you know yeah. with the tools we had that's it, that's interesting you that you like mentioning that the budget wasn't too high because like watching that movie I couldn't tell like oh, you really? guys like oh, did no, a was, perfect like it was way a really to, like kind really of low 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 budget yeah low budget Canadian film and so are you. Uh, like really into like horror movies or anything? It's, uh, it's, it's no, I'm I'm I scare very easily. Okay, okay, sure. So, uh, yeah. it's, um, I know I, I don't pay money to be scared. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, this is the first real horror film, I guess, that uh that I've done. Um, but it felt very much like any other film, you know, in the sense that you just try and try and make it real, try and. Uh, try and believe the environment that you're in, and and uh, and you feed off of the actors that you're with. You know, it was it was a it was the same same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool, and like, yeah, it seemed like a close knit crew too. And yeah, yeah. well, that's a, that's the real privilege of of working on such small budget films, is because since they're small budget, that that means the crew is quite limited, and and um, you know everybody by name, and you're all in it together. This, you know, it's a it's, yeah. uh, it's not an army of people. It's more like a band, you know. And, yeah, yeah. And, um, and no, no, it's uh, it's always a lot of fun. I, I tend to do 
I do small films. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool, because cool. I, I am. Um, I just get excited by young filmmakers. We're still very much trying to figure out. Never, never, never does the journey end. You know, of trying to figure it out, but. Mm-hmm. But in their beginnings, with their with their dreams and their aspirations, and and um, and I get to be part of the conversation. Whereas on these larger pictures, I, I'm you know I have the responsibility of actor, and I'm, which I'm very happily take. But I'm yeah, yeah. kind of you know you, you do your work, you're stuck back in a trailer, and yeah, yeah. But this there's uh, there was there was no trailer. And, uh, do you feel like you can put your a bit of your creativity into yeah, their ideas yeah, yeah. and kind of you, like you end up you're on set all the time and you're about making the, you know the the machine moving getting all the pieces together and and uh, and just problem solving and so it's uh, yeah no it's very satisfying to me on on many levels yeah that sounds fun and um, is there any like uh, or actually what's your your favorite role been so far over the years of doing acting? Do you have like a standout one that you just enjoy, yeah, whether it's the set or the finished product? Or uh, well, I, I tend not to really watch my films. Oh, okay, yeah. when I watch, them, you're like me. I don't listen to my episodes <laughs> either. I just send them to the abyss and like <laughs> onto the next. Yeah, <laughs> um, I uh, and even when I watch them, I'm I'm not really watching them, you know, yeah. because you're in it, so it's not. You end up. Uh, you end up judging and regretting, and and uh, it's not a, the the whole magic of cinema that that I experience as an audience member for other people's films. I I, I don't experience on my own. Yeah. Um, I forget what I was saying. Now. Oh, it's okay. But uh, yeah, I was just uh, asking about like your favorite role or. Oh uh, yeah, I guess um, it's a film I did in uh, again, same as Trench Eleven, small budget, small crew. Um, it was a film I did in Laos called River. Um, it had it had its shortcomings, um, but uh, it was um, we were in a foreign land that hadn't really had any film crews come come to film there, and so we'd find ourselves in huge crowds, and you'd stick the camera there, and this extraordinary thing would happen that people would not stare into the lenses they they do in this part of the world. Um, but they would look at the operator, so you could use all these all these shots. You know, the shots would not be ruined. You can go into a crowd, and so we were always stealing shots. You know, oh, cool, it cool. was uh, it was very much guerrilla filmmaking. Nice. And so it was. Um, no, it was really really exciting and and compelling, and and it was a very taxing role. But I made some lifelong friendships out of there. Awesome. And it was it was from that film that I. I had said in my mind that I was going back home and that I was going to be a dad. Oh wow! Uh, I was ready to be a. I was ready to set on to the the bigger adventure in my life, and so that that'll always be that film will always be a landmark for me. That's fucking incredible. It's a river, right? River, yeah. Yeah, awesome. I'm gonna have to check that out. And is there anything um, else like ahead, like film-wise? Film-wise, uh, I just finished a, a couple films. I did one film here in Toronto in which I played a, a serial killer. That was a first for me. Yeah. Um, and um, I think that comes out in September and there was, I, I did a film in Philadelphia which took me also to Budapest. This this also was um, a war film set in World War II um, and focused on 
the uh, the participation of uh, English female spies to help the French resistance. Um, they were sent by Churchill, um, and he figured that the uh, the cover of being a woman would help them get to places where where the men couldn't. Oh, okay. Certainly at that point in the war, and um, and so um, yeah. And there are a few things in, in the works now, but I, I'm, I'm not quite sure if they'll happen, so we'll see. Yeah, right on, yeah, just going with the flow. That's the nature of my life, man. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned your music, too. Is there a, is your I, stuff online as I well? I haven't done music in a long time. Oh, okay, okay. I usually end the show with a song, so I was yeah, going to see no, if I can find your stuff. There, no, I'm sure, I'm sure you can find it online. I used to have a, what was it called, MySpace. Okay, the I'm going to dig back. And no, 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 I, I don't think I'm on there anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, but uh, but I think somebody uh, put my music somewhere else. But but yeah, you, I think you can find it. It's uh, it's I used to I used to love doing it, and for some reason, as acting has become more a part of my life, um, and now as a father, um, it's just uh, it's just been too too easy to put it off. But I, yeah, I gotta, yeah, I gotta get back into it, man. Yeah, that'd be awesome too. Yeah. yeah, I can tell like you're really passionate about it too when you yeah, like, you talk know, about it. It, it was uh, it filled my days and it kept me sane as an unemployed actor. Yeah, yeah. Be able to pick up my guitar and just write some songs. Yeah. And so was your style like uh, folky or folky blues? Yeah, rock and roll, you know, that that kind of stuff. Yeah. My some of my favorite memories have been in the studio. You know, yeah, the place yeah. where we're not right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, folks, that concludes our interview. And I traveled to the dark web and I found one of his songs. But before we go, if you want to see Trench 11, it is playing at Cineplex late at night, August 31st. Today, if you're listening to the episode on day one, I believe if it does well, it will get more releases. So go out and support it. It's a fun movie. I give it my stamp of approval. And also, if you want further details on that, if you want to watch the trailer for Trench 11 and uh, see some pictures of us outside of the studio, go to our home base, www.girthradio.com. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, I also entice you to go to the website, check out some of the other shows on the podcast network. Lots of fun stuff going on with some cool people. Sammy Yunin, host of My Summer Lair, just had Nick Cannon on his show. Karim of Welcome just had Biff Naked the other month. Lots of interesting folks and interesting conversations. And yeah, so we're going to leave you with one of Ross's songs. And this one is called in the clouds. See you next time. Girth Radio. I got lost with feelings you never gave and I still got. I complain about the new like I do the unexpected. Never thought what I predicted would actually come true. But I fell in love with love. I'm sure it's no surprise to you. I grew up well in Pieces of metal Try to build an airplane All on my own I wanted to go where No man had traveled Searching the skies Oh, for my angel I'm just another lover Covered in clothes And 
Looking in mirrors at myself growing old Hoping my stories compare to the ones I was once told All these diamonds, all their gold Make the flying difficult I grew up welding pieces of metal Drive a building airplane all of my own I wanted and go where no man had traveled I'm Searching the skies, There's nowhere left to fly It's too far for me to walk So I ride planes in the skies Too proud to admit Oh, I am at a loss Cause I guess we've all grown Too close apart and I grew up welding pieces of metal Tried to build an airplane All on my own I wanted and go Oh